Jay right in your face. Welcome back to the Fadeaway Podcast, season three, episode number nine. We're almost yeah. at double digits this season, bro. Yeah. Can't believe it. I'm your host, Fatty, and I got my boy, Zaid, with me. Zaid, how you doing, man? Good. Happy Family Day to you, man. Happy Family Day. Happy, happy President's Val- Day. Happy, happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day to all the Lavamans. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, what was your Valentine's Day like? Why are you going to ask me that question <laughs> while we're recording? Don't worry about how mine was. Like, yeah, mine, yeah, yeah. Actually, mine was watching a very disappointing Tough, uh, tough, tough. Raptors showing against one of the uh, against the worst team in the league. Uh, we'll get into that, but you know, other than that, it was chill. I uh, had my own kind of day. Uh, how about you? You, know, you and Anne do something special? Yeah, yeah. Me and the wifey, we um, we were quarantined all weekend. We got to hang out, mm-hmm. uh, made some dinner, homemade dinner. So uh, you know, pretty chill, pretty chill. We just watched some TV. Um, yeah, we're crushing shows. To be honest with you, it's, what else is there to do? It's a reality point? TV flex in this household. <laughs> so that's uh, every time I come over, there's a new reality TV show that you yeah, that and, you watch. And right now, there's a whole slew of issues happening with The Bachelor, which is one of her go tos, <laughs> um, one of many girls' go tos. So uh, I mean, it's it's always interesting whether it's in the show or off air. There's always something going on. But uh, all in all, man, just a pretty regular week um, in terms of Raptors basketball. I know we were talking just off air. A tale of two halves of yeah. a week, right? Yeah. Uh, they started out the week 2-0, and and then they ended the week 0-2 uh, mm-hmm. for a 2-2 two and two result. And I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm pissed yeah. because that should be easily a 3-1 week. At least, And I'm yeah. sure we'll get into that as well. And, man, what a heartbreaker. Uh, last night, Pascal Siakam at the rim. What a heartbreaker. Not, not heartbreaking to me, in my opinion. I'm a bit more... Uh, maybe I guess I'm maybe harder on Pascal, and I don't think the Raptors deserve to be in that game anyway. So to say it was a heartbreaker, if the Raptors have fought hard the whole game and really played like they would have played, that the Raptors wouldn't even be in that position. Um, and one of the reasons why I hate the Raptors losing the day before we come on to record is because we're ready, we're ready to fire out, and and, and we have ammo, and we're ready to just you know dish out all the negative things about the Raptors and what they didn't do. Um, but I'm gonna start with you know those first two games earlier last week and what they did do. And what, what I saw was a Raptors team that is a playoff team. Um, we saw such great balanced scoring from Norm, Pascal, and Freddie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, OG aside, he's obviously out for injury, but those are three of the four core guys of the Raptors team. So it's so important for them to be, you know, on the same page. So important for them to all be able to contribute together all on the same time. Um, and I believe at that point, before you know the the loss against Boston, after the 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 win against the Wizards, the Raptors were five straight games scoring 120 plus points, mm-hmm. and within first that, time in the history, right? Yeah, first time in the history, and within that span, it's actually that's the best offensive basketball they've ever played under Nick Nurse in the three years that he's been here. So, you know, on the offensive end, even in the losses, the Raptors were, were have been playing great, and you know they've been you know they've been able to run their offense properly. Pascal has turned into such a dominant force inside and in the paint. Um, 71 of his shots have been coming from the paint. Um, and I'm not mad at that at all. 71% or 71 71% individual shots? 71% of his shots, of his offense, is coming from inside, inside the, paint. the paint. What I also like about it, I was complaining about it earlier, was that he wasn't shooting any threes. He's decided to step out and shoot maybe one or two a game, which if even if he misses and goes 0 for 2, I'm not mad at that, but just show that you're going to be shooting that shot. Um and you know, aside just just great offense and great defense at the, at the other end of the floor. 
aside from that, Chris Chris Boucher has come out from his slump, um, and he's playing. You know, he's continued to play. You know, the 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 best basketball of his career, and he's having a breakout season this year. And then lastly, on the good points was is for me was um, Bembry. Bembry is one of those guys who's come in and be able been able to contribute a lot. And you know, just judging by how he plays, he can hoop, man. And 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 he oftentimes I think he over defers to a lot of the Raptors and the Raptors stars. I think there's been takes and there's been times where he's gotten the ball and I think he can make something happen for himself. Um, so I'm really really interested in seeing how he does and how he grows, especially with OG coming back. What the lineup is going to be like then when he does come back. But you know, as far as positive takeaways, those are. Those were the Raptors were rolling those first two games of the mm. week, and you know I'll let you get into the the, the, the latter two games of the week because I know you're you're fired up, but yeah we saw a totally like last night that wasn't the Raptors team that I know they could be I yeah, didn't recognize yeah. that team at all last night yeah so I'll get into the negatives but I want to chime in on the positives as well so DeAndre Bembry is actually shooting 50% from three on the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's up from 23% last year, 29% the year before, 37%, and then 0.056% in his first year. <laughs> All right? So he's – and that year he was putting up less than one attempt, so we'll just scratch that out. But yeah. 50%, a clear career best for mm-hmm. him. Um, what impresses me the most about Membry, and the reason why it impresses me is because we've seen this in the last couple of years, the difficulty of – opposing players joining the Raptors and getting accustomed to the system that they yeah. run, to the defense that they run, so much so that Nurse trusts them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Bembry came in in the beginning of the year, wasn't really getting run because just like Stanley Johnson last year, you have to prove yourself. Of course, yeah. And Stanley, his adjustment was a lot longer, but also he was on a different team. You have Pascal, you have Ibaka and Gasol, it's a whole different you know, set of lineups. So, Similarly, Bembry comes in and he has to prove himself. Um, obviously, the lineup's a little bit shorter. And with injuries, we do need him more. But 50% from three, his defense has been incredible. Such a good defender. And even even in the games where the, the game itself is a negative, he's still a positive. Yeah. Like that that bucket last night against Minnesota, the end one. Big move. Not only wow, did it bring strong. the game close, but he got cat fouled out on that play. Yeah. They ultimately ended up losing the game, but... Buddy, you take Cat out of the game, you have a wide open layup to win or tie the game, which they did. Yep. And we'll talk about that in, mm-hmm. in more detail. But um just I've I've loved what I've seen from him. I want to see um Utah Watanabe back in the lineup because yeah. I think right now, especially, is so crucial. We need that defense. I'm comfortable if Terrence Davis doesn't play a single minute moving <laughs> forward. Like I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah. Because there's too many downs with his ups and Bembry gives you those ups similarly, and I think he makes much better decisions. Mm. He's A, he's a much better defender. He can stay in the game without fouling out. He's a much better, it looks like, decision maker on offense. Smarter. How many times are we going to see on, on a fast break, Terrence Davis is going to pull up? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Who are you? Bembry has an overall just better feel for the game than Terrence Davis. Bembry knows when to assert himself. Bembry makes all the right plays. Even when he's when he's off the ball, he makes the right cuts. He's such a good cutter off the ball. Yeah. So uh, as far as you know, Terrence Davis, Terrence Davis is going to be moving very close to the end of the bench if he keeps up this play. Because yeah. like you said, for every for every one good play, you get five bad ones out of Terrence Davis. Bembry is always constantly giving you that good energy, good plays. He's a smarter He's player. Smart. He's just smart. He's a smarter player. Yeah. And I honestly, after this week, I've decided completely that I am totally done with Terrence Davis and Aaron Baines <laughs> as Raptors. Like I never claimed Aaron Baines as a Raptor from the beginning of the year. Yeah. And this guy is just absolutely terrible. Like he, we don't stand a chance if Baines is in the lineup. 
Like, we win games. So let's go back to the Memphis game last Monday. We won 128 to 113. You want right. my double digit score 130 points. Your defense is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. What did JV do on us that night? He snapped. JV, he snapped JV had a 20-20 night pretty much yeah. with like yeah. six blocks or something like that. Yeah. I'm going to find the details in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to say his exact stat line. But at the end of the day, the exact line was 27 points and 20. So I was right. Yeah. 20 and 20 night uh, with almost 30 points. That is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like JV's a good player. JV's a nice player. JV's not a 27 and 20 guy with four blocks. Like, I'm sorry, you as a Raptors team that defended, that had a reputation for defense, that you coached this guy. Yeah. It, I mean, man, he's he's not Carl Anthony Towns. He's not Joel Embiid. 27 and 20, and you still win that game. And then you go to the Wizards. Why is Alex Len working you, bro? Yeah, yeah. We saw Alex, Alex Len do a like, lot. You know what's a problem when Raptors fans on Twitter are like, did we choose the right guy? Yeah. Did yeah. we cut the That's a problem. You cannot ask that question, did we cut the right guy? And then the Celtics come around and, I mean, Tristan, Tristan Thompson, Thompson bullied the crap out of him. And then, hey, Daniel Tice coming in. Why not? Daniel yeah. Tice can come bully him too. It's no problem. And then last night, Carl Anthony Towns in a very slow game. He had a terrible game. 20, 20 points, 11 rebounds, and four blocks. From, uh, it was his third game back, yeah. but he's been going through a yeah, heck he's of been a going lot. Through, yeah. Still ended up getting a double-double with three blocks. Mm-hmm. This guy is trash. <laughs> This guy is trash. Like, even the games you're winning, you can't even stop. And do you understand, like, and, and many people, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but when I'm watching this game and I'm watching their zone, he's so lazy that he costs a lot of those corner threes yeah. are because of his terrible rotations. Yeah. Because the guy that's supposed to close out is now forced to come in and help yeah. because Baines is an idiot. Yeah. I'm snapping right now. But you are snapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go for it. Go for it. Baines is, like, it's just, it's. It's awful to watch. I'm over it. Like I, I can't handle being on, watching this game, and like I can't even imagine being a player on the court watching this guy. Like, mm-hmm. what's? I don't know. What, I, am I, am I wrong it, here? A lot of it. A lot of it is that we've, as as Raptors fans, we've been spoiled with a Serge Ibaka, and honestly, at this point, we've been spoiled with a Marcus Hall, who is who for even sure at for this sure. point in Toronto, he was declining a lot. Um, still, just much smarter than an Aaron Baines. You mentioned how hard it is for a player coming in to the Raptors system and getting accustomed to the Raptors system. Bembry's been doing a hell of a job of that. Stanley had his struggle when he came in last year, um, and Baines' struggle—you know—Baines' struggle is like no is like no other. I just don't think he fits this Raptor team well. The only thing he's been good at is, or two things I'll say: being able to draw charges. He's been he's been relatively decent at that. Also, his screen assists and his ability to screen and get guys open has been good. Has been good. I know you you roll your eyes at that. But other than that, he doesn't give you much, any advantage at the defensive end or at the offensive end. And for a team that was now looking back at it, heavily reliant on their bigs being able to pass and create plays, you see the Raptors struggle because of Baines. And, you know, to your point about the corner threes, the Raptors in the last two games have given up more than 10 corner threes in each of those games against the Celtics wide open and, and against against the um the Wolves Celtics have done that against the Raptors in the last four meetings in the last six and a half months the Raptors have given up 10 plus corner threes in each you of know those what games. we're gonna I'm excited because we're gonna talk Celtics later yeah um so it's in, in terms of in terms of the negatives Baines we know and we've known is not the answer at the center position nope defensively the corner threes have Nick Nurse's 
strategy to give those up works when you have the personnel for it. This year, we do not have the personnel for it, and you've seen that it's been our Achilles heel. Another another thing to add to the, the Baines point, against Boston, the Raptors were 17-0 to zero in second chance points in favor of the Boston Celtics. 17-0 to zero in second chance points. That means you're not really grabbing any offensive rebounds. You're, and you're allowing the Celtics to grab that many offensive rebounds that they're 17-0 to zero in second chance points. That's unacceptable. What is Baines doing on the court that that makes him valuable? Absolutely nothing, right? So uh, he's getting I, you five rebounds a game as a starting center. That's it's it's unreal. Lowry's getting you more. All these other guys are getting you more. It's ridiculous. Against against the Wolves, they were nineteen to, uh, to nineteen to six in second chance points in favor of the Raptors. But at the same time, the Wolves shot fifty two percent from the field and forty one percent for three. They didn't oh, really that third need, quarter, they went 13 for 17 for 38 points. They didn't need second chance points. There was no second chance points to get for them. So why do we get cooked by scrubs? That's a, that's, that's a topic for Raptors Twitter. Why do we get cooked by scrubs? Why does Ricky did, Rubio have five threes? Did the Raptors? Okay. I, I want to say Ricky Rubio's a scrub because time and time again, he's a three-point scrub. He's improved that shot a lot. He's not the old Ricky Rubio. And I think everybody in the league or even fans get caught up in Ricky Rubio of... 2015 who couldn't shoot a three-point shot to save his life he's improved that shot dramatically the issue is the raptors didn't the raptors looked fatigued yesterday off a two-day break and i'm thinking to myself okay you know i got the celtics they were they looked really really fatigued and, and that's okay it was off a back-to-back um really tough team to get off a back-to-back that's okay i'll accept that but at what point does fatigue become an excuse for lack of preparation because they didn't look prepared defensively. They didn't look like they did any homework defensively. They didn't look like they practiced in those two or three day game, uh, three day break between those games. It just looked like they were unprepared. And when did they, when did they decide to flip the switch? Six minutes left in the fourth quarter. That to me is a huge issue. And you're going against the worst team in the league. Even if you're not prepared, that should have been a ten plus point victory. I found that even Pascal was pretty invisible until the fourth quarter. Yeah, he's statistically like he had like he was shooting fifty percent. He had eighteen points, but mm-hmm. when you really break it down, he took eighteen shots to score eighteen points. Yeah, that's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And then the whole layup thing is a discussion. But to your Ricky Rubio point, he improved last year. He was thirty six percent last year from three, twenty four and a half percent this wow. year on four point so three attempts. He loves the Raptors though, and he killed he, yeah, four for six, four for five, like, killer. And and even let's look back to the rest of the week because we were getting cooked by. Peyton Pritchard and Semi Ojale. Yeah. Semi Ojale puts up four points a game. He had like 25. Yeah. When you're giving up wide open shots, it's practice. Peyton Pritchard and him both combined for like 40 plus points, man. Like, you can't go into Boston. You can't disrupt. J- like, Jalen Brown was three for 11 from the field or and, three for 10. Tatum it was, had a poor, it was ridiculous. Poor, poor game too. And Kemba Walker was non existent. Like, they, they did not play good games. Yeah. And then you go in there and Peyton Pritchard and Semi Ojale. Yeah. Cookie when you lose that game. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Second night of a back-to-back, Boston Celtics. Tough. Although the way that they lost was annoying, whatever. Then you go to Minnesota after a two-game rest. No, two they, day come, rest. they come to you technically. They came to, to, to yeah, Tampa. Yeah, sorry. They play Minnesota on a two-day rest. They were off They were off Friday. They were off mm-hmm. Saturday completely. Mm-hmm. And then they played Sunday night. Yeah. So pretty much two and a half days of rest. Mm-hmm. And like you said, come in with negative energy. No you're, energy. You're playing no the, you're playing the record. You're playing the 6-20. You're not yeah. playing... To your standard. 
And he, that's one thing that the Raptors have been doing, unfortunately, for the last few years. <laughs> and they have a tendency to do is they play the record. Yeah. And you have Philly and Milwaukee four of your next five games. And then you have Miami after that. You cannot lose to the Wolves. Yeah. that That's a game where you should be salivating. Like, this is... I've been getting my money's worth this game. You know, I'm going to eat this game. And it, nobody came out with that mentality. Maybe Freddie. Other than that... I mean, he, he it, went 0 for 7 in the second quarter... It it looked they looked <laughs> flat footed, behind you know one step behind every single play, it just looked you were watching the game and it looked like they either don't want to play or they're they're not rested well or they're um, just not prepared and that's the way it looked and that's why it, this week was a story of of two halves because the defense that we saw the Raptors play in those first two games was amazing um like rotations on rotations on rotations team defending. Um, getting in passing lanes, being able to want to defend one on one, it was night and day compared to what we saw earlier in the week, and 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 that's the way it's gonna go. The Raptors shot, I think, thirty two percent from from three point uh, from th- from three point in the loss against Boston. You're living and dying by the three, fine, but if you're not gonna defend, that's what's gonna happen to you. You're gonna get run over and you're gonna get trucked, yeah. and that's exactly what happened this week for the Raptors in, in the latter portion of the week. Yeah, look. I know that you've said, okay, you know what? Before we get into this, I want to just address the game winner situation because I've been mm-hmm. pretty pissed off about it. And I hear you on your perspective, and half of the Twitter world is saying, well, we shouldn't have been in that position. I oh, understand. That's not, a, that's not an excuse for it. Don't get it wrong. Yeah. Because no, no, no. the reality of it of basketball is it's a game of possessions. You were in that position. Yeah. Fine. You have the ball. You're driving to the basket. You're up against a rookie who's nowhere in the play. You're so close that you could have dunked it. He was there. He, he was, was there, there initially. He was there. He but was on there. the Euro, on the he Euro, he created separation. So if you look at if you look at the replay in slow mo mm. on that Euro step, he created mm. that separation. He was right at the rim. He could have dunked it. He should have dunked it. Should've. And how many times have we come in here and said, "How many times is this guy going to turn down a dunk for a freaking finger roll?" Yeah. And it's so weak. And what does he do? I know the game's over, 116-112 at that point, but they inbound him the ball. What does he do? Gets his, gets his behind blocked at the rim again. At the, and nobody even realized that because mm-hmm. the game was done. The game was done. But he still got blocked and he ended up on his on his backside on yeah. the floor. Like, man, over 3 on game winners. We gave you the first two as a, you know, whatever. Learning curve. You know, it's okay. We like that you took the shot. The second one you should have made, whatever. We like that you took the shot. This, this is unacceptable. And this, by the way, this play that Nick Nurse drew up, I've been hard on Nick Nurse all year about the late game plays, the games, the the plays he chooses to drop, you know, ISO norm, three-point shot, and all that stuff. This play was an amazing play that he drew up for Pascal. Pascal had the whole oh my half gosh. of the oh floor. My gosh. He had a seat no, in front of him. Nobody in front of him. It was amazing the way they overloaded the uh, the left side of, of, of the court. and Sorry, the, the right side of the court, and Pascal was able to go left and go into the middle, and he was right at the rim. Right at the rim. So, for me, I just, I, 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 you know, a lot of people are saying, don't slander Pascal, don't be hard on Pascal. Yeah, and that's this another is, thing this too. This is not, this is not Pascal slander. This is not being hard on Pascal. You're zero for three on game winners. That point blank, you're at the rim. Put that ball down. I don't want to see you. He's right there. Put that ball down through the hoop. Yo, people have have replaced the term accountability for slander. slander. Yeah, it's okay to hold somebody accountable. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's okay to say. You should, as a 6'10 max guy, former all-star starter, champion, that you should be able to make an uncontested layup at the end of a game. Not even at the buzzer, bro. There was like 10 seconds or 5 seconds left. You have time. It, and yeah. that's unacceptable. And it's not, that's the thing. It's not slander because we expect him to be that good. 
And when you don't meet the expectation, yeah. people are going to criticize you because you didn't meet it. And people are going to be after you because you didn't meet it. I expected Pascal to make that shot. It's It was point blank. And and for a guy who's 71% of your shots are coming in the paint, their layups, that's practice for you. That's you're like that. That's money for you. And you weren't able to convert it. So, you know, he was in disbelief that he couldn't convert it. I was in disbelief. You were in disbelief. And it's just, it's disappointing at this point because number one, disappointing that the Raptors were in that position to begin with to, you know, shoot for the game-winning shot. And two, disappointing because that was a beautiful play drawn up by Nick Nurse and you yeah. wasted it. It was just about the only good thing that he's done though because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I want to talk about him before we move on from Raptor stuff. But mm. man, like Nick Nurse's, A, your timeout calls trash. I want to address the lack of a review last night. Mm. So it's a it's a three or it's a two point game, and they call you for a foul. Yeah, if they make those, you're up four or ball, you're down right? four, with like five seconds left. Game's pretty much over, which is exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. By the way, they call you for the foul. It was it looked from the camera angle that it was debatable. You have a coach's challenge. Use There's it. no reason why you don't use it. You sir. Have used the challenge in the first quarter. <laughs> you, yeah. sir, have used the challenge in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. And you're going to come down to the wire of this game and say, ah, yeah, I don't know. I need to know. I need to know. It wasn't discussed enough. Like, the, the broadcast didn't talk about it. Nobody. Was there something I'm missing here? Like, was I it not allowed? This year, out of all the, the Toronto media, out of all the Toronto writers or whatever, I haven't seen anybody else other than myself honestly for the most part talk about nick nurse everybody seems to be okay with his decision making I've seen it lately with the technicals but not the timeouts decision the timeouts the subs the minutes the lack of decision making that he's been able like he 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 had a play earlier maybe f- with 4 minutes left in in the in the fourth quarter where he wanted to call a timeout but he didn't and it became this whole confusion about him wanting it wanting to challenge it not wanting to challenge it and he ultimately didn't challenge it and it's like, hey, just just make the decision. Make this. No one's gonna be after you if you challenge a questionable play and you don't get it. Like, make the decision. Make better decisions. Make smarter decisions. Like that play by by that play he drew up for Pascal was a, a like it was nothing special, but it was a, such a good play because all the other plays he's drawn up in the past were so poor. So for for me with Nick Nurse this year, it's been weird. Like I feel like. Some of it has gone to to his head a little bit, and and we saw a lot of that with the talking this year and being and, and getting a lot of technicals. I get it. The Raptors always get shafted with calls, and it's it's not the easiest thing to deal with. And you got to talk, you got to stand up for your guys. But mm. I don't know. Is is like it, it just seems to me like he's lost a little bit of that feeling of being that first year head coach that had to prove something. You still have something to prove. You won, great, we love it. You're, we know you're a good coach, and now we're going to hold you to this championship standard that you set for yourself, and it doesn't always seem like you're living up to it now, and it seems like you don't, yeah, whatever. I'm going to do what I want. So for me, I, I see a lot of improvement from the coaching staff and from, from that regard. It just hasn't been decisive and good decision-making at all this year. For the most part, he's been quieter, though, since the technical fiasco. He has been. Exactly. He, I think I don't know if he got humbled a little bit on that technical fiasco or whatever it was. Uh, but maybe Masai went into the locker room after his ejection and was like, yo. What are you doing? What's wrong with you? So, That's four straight, five straight games, bro. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It, it, there's a lot of things that need to be cleaned up. It's it's clean up at this point because yeah. the, they know the Raptors know what they need to do, and I know they know it because they've – 
played well in in the past, and they played well in recent games. So they know what they need to do to be successful. It just do they buy in? Are they prepared? Are they ready to play like that? Yeah. That's the question. One last thing I want to say is between the 5th of February and the 19th of February, we have three sets of back-to-backs. So Ridiculous. we have the Feb, the uh, Feb 5 and Feb 6, we had the Nets and the Hawks on a back-to-back, so we lost to the Hawks on the second night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had the Wizards on the Wednesday, the 10th, and the Celtics the next day, we lost to the Celtics. And then this coming week, we have the Bucks on Thursday after we play them on Tuesday. But we have them on Thursday and then the Wolves again Friday night. So Tough three schedule, sets of man. back-to-backs in three weeks. I mean, I don't know why the NBA hates us <laughs> and why every single time it's got to be like an all-NBA team on e- either on side of that end, back-to-back. Yeah. Um, because you get the Celtics on one end and you get the the Nets and the Hawks on one of them. And then mm-hmm. you get the, the Bucks twice in a week and then on the Friday you get Minnesota. So... Um, trap game galore, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, why. That's why that loss yesterday it hurts so big. It hurts. You needed that game. You it needed hurts. It. Yeah, because realistically, I mean, if we're gonna talk about this week, we play the Bucks Tuesday and Thursday. I don't think we go two and zero on that. If if OG doesn't play, I think we go zero and two on that mm. because the Bucks have been hot. Like yeah. they, they're not just okay. They've been hot. Yeah, uh, they just beat us without OG. So yeah. I mean, and then what you got? Philly and then uh, sorry you got Minnesota and then Philly on Sunday better win that Minnesota game so <laughs> that's all I know four games this week two against Milwaukee one against Philly tough tough week tough schedule and you drop a game to Minnesota like that's the part and, and we tweeted this we're like you can't lose this game mm-hmm. heading into a week like this and you got to be more mindful of that uh, which I'm sure that they are their pros um, and the whole like the whole away thing everyone talks about it so um, let's move on from yeah. Toronto I don't know if there's anything that you want to add for, for Raptors before we do our uh, scope around the league. No, we're good. We're good to go. So the season of outrageous numbers continues. Yeah. Uh, someone that's very near and dear to my heart, or was very near and dear to my heart <laughs> before I started to Not distance claim him. myself. Yeah. Uh, I claim him. I just don't claim his team anymore. Yeah. But Luka Doncic, career high forty six on the Friday night. Then the next game, he comes back with a forty four pointer. Uh, forty four pointer. So unfortunately, they're not winning games. Uh, at all they're actually and you know what that's not no, true they no, won four straight they won four straight they had won yeah. four straight so they did have a good a good span but prior to that it was pretty rough uh and then at the end of the day Luka Doncic is going to need more help if you're if your second option on your team is Kristaps Porzingis who's unreliable who doesn't you know have a good health history mm-hmm. it's going to be tough to win games consistently and I mean uh, who's the guy on their team uh, Timmy Hardaway Tim Junior Hardaway. <laughs> trash <laughs> He's like he's like just a, he's, he's just not like it anymore. Like you know what yeah. what, the, what happened to these guys, Dorian Finney Smith. You know they're nice players, but they lost Seth Curry. They're really missing him. Um, where where are you at with Dallas? I don't know if you have any thoughts on Dallas. I know that uh, we don't really watch much Dallas to be completely honest with you. It's more so Luka Doncic just snapping. Yeah, uh, is he a good a good player? But what's it? What do people say? Good player, bad st- or good stats, bad team guy. Um, that's what it is. No, I don't think he's a good st- good stats, bad team guy just because he's put up those numbers in the past. So this is his third season now. So, you know, he's made the playoffs. I think he made the playoffs, made the playoffs last year, I believe. Um, so he's proven that he can put up numbers regardless and win and win games. Um, their their team is just just not good enough, man. Like, Porzingis is a, is a solid second option, but I don't think they complement. Uh, he's not a solid second option. If, he he's, was, good, if, well, he's, if he's healthy, healthy if sure. If he's healthy, he's a, he's a solid second option, but... Given the team, like it, it's a it's a weak team. Otherwise, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith is is a decent player. Maxi Kleber decent. 
Uh, Josh Richardson is up and down. Timmy's up and down. Dwight Powell's up and down. Josh Tri- Richardson was was hurt with uh, not hurt, but he was affected by COVID, so he missed a handful. It was like two weeks yeah. that he missed. So yeah. that's tough. Um, they, 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 Timmy they Hardaway. Up, it, it just that what was strikes out to me. You know, I just pulled up this random Golden State game that they won last week. Um, Luca has forty two, and then the rest is, uh, is 18, 17, 16, 11, 10. Nobody else hits twenty points, and. You know, while it is balanced scoring from that perspective, it's also nobody else is able to, you know, really help Luca out. Luca's probably getting double teamed, probably getting triple teamed, and having to give it up. So, I, I don't think he's a he's a good player, bad team at all. I think he can put up these numbers on any any team he plays for, any te- any given night, any team he plays against. I just think other teams are better. Like I think I think I, what that means is um, not that he can't produce on good teams, but that his production doesn't inflate winning. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I, I just don't think the team is good enough. Bro, to he win took games. them to the playoffs in their second year. I don't exactly, want to hear it. Exactly. I don't hear so for me, about no bad. He can, bad he can, team. he can win games. It just, you know, they won four straight, and sometimes, and hey, they ran into Portland. Portland is not a bad team at all, and Dame Lillard has been playing MVP Lights basketball, out. right? So, sometimes the team is just better than you, right? So, uh, that that question is just like, yo, people just want to make some some something up to talk about. Obviously, he struggles. Obviously, this is gonna happen. Once they start winning again, once they start winning games or make the playoffs, they'll be like, oh, he's great again. He wins games, all that good stuff. So, you know, um, as somebody who never claimed him and unclaimed him like you. Um, I never unclaimed him. I cl- unclaimed Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I'm, I'm on his side. He's, he, man, he's great, bro. Like, there's, there's, no, he's, he's there's no doubt about it. He's amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. There's no question he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's. So I saw earlier that your boy is in some trade talks again. This poor guy can't catch a break, man. What do you really Nobody think about wants it? Nobody him, bro. Come on, What do you man. really think about it? Lonzo Ball's entire NBA career has been fighting trade rumors. Because yeah. on L.A., he was there. And ever since he stepped foot in L.A., because that's when LeBron stepped foot in L.A., yeah. it's always, when are we going to trade these guys? We need to trade these guys to get ready. We need to trade these guys to get championship-ready players. And then the whole saga happened with AD, and then he gets traded. And now it's back to the drawing board. Well, is he going to go to um, Toronto? Is he going to go to uh, – now the Chicago Bulls want in. And I just need to understand because you have Zach Levine who's playing at an all-time great for himself, for like literally the best year of his career. Stupid level. And, All-star and level, In terms honestly. of a franchise, like just up there with Jordan, he seems to be doing everything that Jordan did offensively. <laughs> but we're not comparing him to Jordan. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I have, I have like that. 10 sneakers right there. Don't worry, Jordan's don't worry. No Zach Levine shoes here. So <laughs> Zach Levine killing it. And then you have Kobe White as your second uh, backcourt partner. Yep. Kobe White's a he's, very good player. He's man. been playing very well this year. He's too. a very good yeah. player. Yeah. So I'm just not understanding Chicago, Wagwan. Like, what? why? Why him? Chicago just always seems to be that team that doesn't know what they want to do or they're what they're doing. They're always trying to sell tickets even when they're, they're just, not selling yeah, tickets. Yeah, they're just trying to they're just trying to put something out on the floor and then piece these guys together. I don't understand that either. I don't want him to go there. I don't think he's going to be of great use there. Um, but sure, if if I, and, and Pelicans, I don't think their problem is Lonzo. I think the problem is the coach. They need to. I mean, they probably signed him for a few years, so they need a factory reset on they, that. Yeah, one. they need to reset on that one. So I don't think it's Lonzo's fault. It's just unfortunate that he's always kind of like scapegoated in these in these trade talks. Um, I would love. I, I don't know if you said it last time. Miami, if Lonzo went to Miami, mm-hmm. he can be a he can pl- play a backup role and then end up starting at some point over there. And yeah, they I don't think, really have a like their point guard is Goran Dragic, who's older, who's aging. Yeah, uh, we saw that last year in the playoff run. And Kendrick Nunn is yeah. not really a point guard in my opinion. Yeah. He. He's more Terrence Davis than anything to me. He's just trying to score. That's all. Yeah, um, um, I think that would be nice there. And it's 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 a great it's a great environment there. So it's 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 a 
it, it would be a great fit for him and a great fit for his career. Um, but honestly, enough about Lonzo. There's a lot of a lot of rumors going around. Trade deadline's March 25th, mm-hmm. so we're what a month and ten days away from that. So um, one of the latest things to hit. We'll we'll uh, keep it Raptors for now. DeAndre Drummond, uh, sorry, Andre Drummond, sorry, yeah. not DeAndre Drummond. Andre Drummond on the trading block for the Cavs. He's no longer playing for the Cavs. He's sitting until they figure out his situation, which makes sense. Which is yeah, uh, no, they got Jared whatever. Allen in the they trade. Got, they got absolutely their core. Once that Jared Allen trade went down, everybody knew John, uh, Andre Drummond is going somewhere else. Yeah, and that's why, and I think you and I were on here like confused because people are like, why would you pick up five centers? It's like. They don't want Kevin they don't, Love. Yeah. They don't want Drummond. <laughs> they got a guy in Jared Allen yeah. for pretty much nothing. Like, what did they give up for Jared Allen? Not much. Not much nothing. at all. Yeah. Like, they, you still kept your, you still kept Isaac Okor, you kept Sexton, you kept Garland, and you kept Jared Allen. That's your core for the future. That's your young guys. Go for it. Kudos to them. Like, I when you thought that franchise was just incapable of doing anything without LeBron, it seems like they're building something. They had good spurts, but mm. I think you and I yesterday were like, uh, we heard they were. Breaking their six-game winning streak or looking to break their six-game winning streak. Losing? Yeah. Losing uh, Sorry, losing, losing streak. streak. Losing and we were streak. like, oh, there we Classic, go. They've, they're back. They've reverted back to the mean. And we, even yeah. earlier in the year when we said, are they real or fake? Nah. They're fake. They're fake. And and it's still good because it's signs. You know, it shows that they can play defense. It shows that Sexton is a producer. Garland can pass the ball. Um, but interesting, man. Interesting because... The Raptors are tied into the Drummond uh, saga, and I have years. I've okay, yeah, for years actually, ranging back to JV, right? Yeah, and I've been running through some trade situations in my head, so I'll give it to you, and then we'll bounce off each other just to see. Um, where First of all, at. I I think DeAndre, and why I don't come with DeAndre Drummond. DeAndre Drummond's a great player and would be a great fit for the Raptors. I don't think he addresses the the playmaking need at the center position to the exact T we need. However, a pylon is better than Baines, so imagine getting Andre Drummond. That'd that's, be a great, that's exactly it. That would be a great addition to the team, just part of rebounding, rim protection, pick and roll playing. Um, I think he's going to be a great addition, addition to the Raptors. Um, there's been multiple trade uh, packages. Because he's making on, bank, on, bro. Yeah, he's making a lot that's of money. That's the biggest issue. Because the, they tried to buy him out, but he's like, no. Yeah, because bio bio would mean I think that the way the bio works is they pay you a they pay you lump less, sum, but they pay you less. less. Yeah, pay you less. And uh, he's like, yo, no, no, I want that. <laughs> I'll 30, sit down. The thirty million, I want. I'll it, sit. Right? No so, problem. Um, I'll sit. Yeah, go ahead with your with your trade. Uh, yeah, so, packages. So initially, I was looking at the, at the top, right? Because whenever you see twenty eight mil, thirty mil, you're like, oh man, you gotta get from like, the top. Like we really got to give away from the top. So I was looking at the Lowry's of the world, but then you like if you really think about it, right? We were just talking about their core moving forward, Cleveland, is um, Garland and Sexton at the one and two. And then you got Okoro at the four, and you got Jared at the five. Yeah. What don't you have? You don't have wing players. Wing players. Wing production is something that they're in desperate need of. Mm -hmm. So what I was thinking, and I'm not even going to credit this to myself because I saw it online or I saw it in in somewhere. I saw it somewhere, and it was a great one. Uh, It was Norm plus Baines plus Stanley Johnson. Uh, plus Pat McCaw. That adds up to about 26 mil. Um, so I think you can do something else to make it work at that point. But Baines, McCaw, Stanley, and uh, what was the last one I said? Norm, right? Mm-hmm. So you get Stanley and Norm. You get offensive production in terms of Norm, what and he defense. can do. Uh, and, and defense. And then Stanley Johnson gives you great defense. He could be a good 3 and D guy. Um, Pat McCaw, we don't really know what he is. But he's a champion, <laughs> so he can you know, Three take his – over. He can go. And then you give them Baines, just you know, throw a throw-in deal. Um, 
you know, you need to come off your bench because Drummond's going to be gone. Yeah. Uh, whatever the case may be, he could just survive that season and leave. And somehow Baines is making seven mil. So you got a good deal. You got but, a good deal. Yeah. I mean, Shaq wants to talk about Gobert making two hundred mil, but you don't want to. You don't want to talk about Baines making fifteen over two. Come on, man. Shaq has bigger fish to fry, bro. He doesn't care about Baines, but yeah, absolutely. That and, in terms of the deal, you're giving away a lot of wing players, but we the Raptors still have wing players to make up for that you've still got Pascal. i love norm but we talked about this earlier because we were concerned bro but now he's playing well you gotta get rid of him you gotta sell him high eh? you want to sell him high the year slow and we're like damn we missed it we missed the pocket to sell him and now he's this is this well. is the pocket to sell him now so in terms of a big how many how many years does, does norm have two years left norm powell's got two years left 10 and 11 mil which is so, a steal which is yeah, for a guy of a his huge caliber. deal um it just comes down to: Do you think you're going to be able to be very competitive with with Andre Drummond, and competitive enough to give away a guy like Powell, who is homegrown, who has been in your program, who you know? Are we going to be Brooklyn? No, but I think we'll definitely win those games that we should win. Is that, is that enough to give him away? I, I'm not saying it's a bad deal. I think relative to the other deals I've seen, it's a great deal because the Raptors still are still able to keep their core guys for the. I mean, obviously, Norm is one of the core, but you know, Norm is. Outside of this 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 hot streak he's had, he's a bench guy, and he's always been a bench guy. And Nick Nurse has always made him a, a, a which is a bench kind of guy. stupid when you really look at him, his production as a starter. Exactly. So he's kind of still considered to be a bench guy if you want to look at it. So you still keep Lowry, who's leadership. You still keep the the Freddie, the OG, the Pascal trio, Chris um, Boucher, Chris Boucher. You still got Bembry. You've got Yuda. You've TD, got TD Matt Thomas. I mean, you've got you've got wings. Um, Paul Watson, if, if 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 anything can come off, if you need a wing, if you need a body, yeah. whatever. Yeah, okay, Paul Watson. Because um, yeah, okay. because Nick Nurse is going to do that, bro. But you still got an adequate yeah, amount of wings. Sure. This trade comes down to who are you giving up, and now and obviously Lowry's name gets thrown in there because of the contracts to match. Um, if you ship away Lowry to Cleveland, that's a very bad look. I don't want them to do that. I don't think a, that they would. That's a very very bad look. Cleveland that's wouldn't a, do that. To slap whatever whether they would or would not yeah they wouldn't it wouldn't make sense because it's still expiring contract yeah. to thirty million a year well, why don't we, um, we don't need this guy but if you were to propose that or suggest that or make that happen very bad look that might be the best trade package I've seen um, numbers work player personnel work sucks to lose Norm but in this case the Raptors absolutely need a guy like Drummond instead of Norm. Um, and selling Norm high is is probably the best way to go at this point. Yeah, and I'll I'll even bring this up. So Norm is twenty seven right now. He's got two years left on his deal, so he'll be twenty nine when the deal comes up, uh, which is still, in my opinion, enough for a three four year deal. Yeah. Um. So if he continues to play like this, do the Raptors want to pay Norm? Can they pay Norm? I don't. That's think another they discussion. Can. They they, they can. And that's uh, another discussion that you you they might can't. be able to because of Lowry dropping off the books. I just don't think that that's where they'll put where they'll put their money. Wow, I can't speak. We're gonna give him Norm fifteen to twenty. Maybe after, depends after, what if he's, he's can, playing, if he's playing like this. If he was a free agent this summer, I think he could command fifteen to twenty. Which you could pay him. Marcus Morris got sixty four over four years. But someone can, in the league will give him that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I think you can pay him fifteen to twenty and keep him, especially with Lowry dropping off. It's just a lot of money to tie in to I a would guy just, like Norm. I would just prefer to re up Drummond than You think Drummond would stay? Maybe. I mean he's playing in Detroit and Cleveland. It's only up from there, bro. No, but now he's <laughs> now, now we could blow his mind. Oh, <laughs> this is an organization. <laughs> it's but I agree with that point, but Toronto isn't exactly the hotspot for he's got family here. That's like a that. fact. I know some of them. 
I okay. don't. I indirectly know someone. Possibly. Like would we want to pay? That's just, that's just a rumor. <laughs> would you Would you want to pay a guy like Drummond instead of Norm? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if he if Drummond is part of the future, that makes that deal even sweeter, right? So um, that's the best package I've seen, I've heard of, whatever it may be. I think there will be a third team in that trade if this trade goes down because so it too. makes sense that a third team will Someone come Someone wants play. Lowry. That's the thing that yeah. scares me. Yeah, Someone's absolutely. going to need Lowry, and mm-hmm. Lowry might end up getting shipped, but he's not going to go to Cleveland yeah. if that's the case. Yeah. Uh, moving along, another player that was recently, uh, I guess, benched until their future is decided, Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched a bunch of Pistons basketball this year. I've seen how Blake's played. He looks like a shell. He looks like a shell of himself. I don't know if if it's he can't play or he doesn't want to play. I hope he does, he does not want to play because he looks like he doesn't want to play. Um, so in terms of a deal for Blake, nope. There isn't no no from, not from the Raptors' perspective. Nobody league wide, nobody would really want him. I'm gonna go with the assumption that he is still. Not LA Clipper Blake, but first coming to the Pistons Blake, and he can still put up numbers and still ball. Is he, though? I think he can be a good contributor to a, a good contending team. Oh, my God, bro. He's making 37 mil. The problem is he's making 37 this year, million. He's making 39 next year. 39. Yeah, it's a tough pill to swallow. In terms of the numbers, the numbers, I think he's going to get bought out at this point. He has to get bought out. There's no one going to want to pay him that much. No one's gonna want to pay him that much. So he has a player option in his last year. Yeah, he's definitely gonna take that. That's like seventy-five mil. Well, for the one, what? How? Two, because he's thirty-seven this year. It's plus two, so it's thirty-seven this year, thirty-nine the year after. So yeah. he has seventy-five mil owed to him. Owed to him, eh? Right now, he has attempted zero dunks this season. Yeah, yeah. It's his rookie year, season. he attempted or he, he led, made two twenty. Yeah, zero. In terms of fit, I don't know where he really fits in the league. He's I w- done a terrible job for his I, own I, stock. I was thinking if he was still a good Blake, I think a good Blake would have fit very well with Atlanta Hawks. Um, especially a good Blake. A good Blake. With a good Blake. You John get, Collins. You get a more seasoned John Collins who can shoot the ball and who can who, who can play make plays. I hate that. Unfortunately, unfortunately, he's not good Blake. No. I think if, I think they play very similar styles. Above they used to play, I guess, above the rim, uh, can step out and shoot a bit. Uh, John Collins doesn't want to take less than ninety million, so the numbers are kind of the same. Obviously, which one do you invest in? John Collins is younger, has more room to grow, but in terms of fit, Atlanta Hawks might work. I don't think any other team in the NBA really needs a guy like him. That's a contending team. Utah Jazz wouldn't work. I'm just like going down the list. Clippers wouldn't work. The Lakers wouldn't work. Denver Nuggets wouldn't work. It, it just doesn't seem like good Denver, fit. I mean, Denver could work. I don't think so. I, I don't it, think it'll it, do anything for them, especially because their issue is defense. I don't think it'll work for them. But uh, it, it could with Jokic, maybe. I but the think. thing is, I personally am not confident in what Blake can do. That's the problem. Like, what can you do That's well? A, you know, what has he done well this year? Mm-hmm. He hasn't even shown effort. You yeah. know, like, it's yeah. scary. It, it's, it's in the territory of when you trade for Kawhi, yeah. and you're like, is he going to show up? Yeah, because yeah. that was like before, right? Before we we got the championship, he missed it a while, and is he gonna show up? And that's one of those where it's like, is he gonna show up? And he might show up physically, but is he gonna show up mentally? Physically, that's, he's that's be a there. big thing. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up the episode, let's talk Boston. Yeah, because I um I have some some bones to pick with the Celtics. Yes, they beat us. Yeah, 
But the Celtics are severely underperforming. They're five and ten since Kemba Walker came back. Yeah, that's five and ten in a lineup of they're like three and what was it three and five or three and six since Marcus Smart went down. Um, but if you have a lineup of Kemba, Jason, and Jalen, and you can't win games. Somebody's gonna look at Brad Stevens, and it's not like again. those guys. They've got some good pieces. Tristan Thompson's a good piece for them. For you, they've the made him position. look useless. Yeah, they ha- he hasn't gotten much. So, so now out of there's a few things I want to point out because a Brad Stevens has been, and we talked about this last year. Last year, yeah. Because we always said Nick Nurse is the coach that Brad Stevens was supposed to be. Yeah. And now at this point, you're severely underperforming. The rap, like they're on par with the Raptors, and they have a way, way more talented roster yeah. than we even can imagine of having. So you you want to tell me you have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker in your starting lineup, mm-hmm. and you can't win games? You got to look at the coach. Let's look at Danny Ainge. Outside of their number three picks, they've drafted they've drafted like crap. They've drafted like crap. Shout out to Peyton Pritchard because he's a surprise. He's been a great draft pick. Before yeah. him, it's been crap. Um, it's easy this to draft, summer. It's easy to draft in the top three. 100%. It's hard to draft and find gems like the Raptors have in the 100%. latter part of the first The round, only one I'll round. credit him for is when he finessed Philly and gave Fultz, gave them the first pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's yeah. like, whoever I want at three, I'll get at three. And he got Tatum in a pick. So yeah. that, I'll give him that. That was great. You finessed. But everyone wants to praise him because of the way he finessed Brooklyn. Oh, we got all these picks. Oh, Brooklyn is ages ahead of you, bro. Mm-hmm. Ages ahead of you right now. It's not even close. Like, if you put them on the same court in a playoff series, 4-2. Fourteen. You give Brooklyn nah. That's all I'm I'm happy about. You and I watch Brooklyn Saturday night. Wow. They're so good. Yo, Kyrie is ridiculous. Wow. If Kyrie just didn't have that, you know, attitude or that 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 personality that just seemed like he doesn't want to play, he would be so praised. Because his ability to finish at the rim, I know we're getting off topic, but his we saw five, six straight possessions of him just Dancing and playing with the ball against the backboard. It was unbelievable. Ridiculous. But speaking of Kyrie, Kemba Walker underperforming. Kyrie never played well. This is all karma for how you did Isaiah Thomas dirty. Yeah, yeah. Had an MVP season. He dropped 50 after his sister died. Yeah. And you traded him. Yeah. And you've never, ever, ever been able to recoup that point guard position since that day. I'm happy about it personally because you did him dirty. And Danny Ainge, bro, you had a chance to get Miles Turner in the offseason in exchange for Gordon Hayward. And he he turned it down. Yeah. So Gordon Hayward walks. It goes to Charlotte. You get nothing in it. Get nothing back. You sign Tristan, who doesn't fit with your team. Mm. Now you're stuck. You're at 500 with a very talented roster, and Marcus Smart's hurt. So I think that Boston, it's time to call them for what they are. They're a bit fraudulent, in my opinion. Ooh. They have not done anything to prove they're just a Western Conference team. They're just the Bucks 2.0. What have you done? Western Conference or Eastern Conference? Eastern, Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference team. <laughs> um, they don't. Look, they're fraudulent. They don't look like a team. When I want you, when, I want Tatum out. When I don't you, think him and Brown are, are a thing together. When you watch them play, they don't look like a team. And Tatum and Brown, honestly, they remind me a lot of Team and Vince in Toronto. Tell me they're not. It's not the same exact thing. Like, not, almost like it's like Nike Adidas. It's two players who are very similar in game. One gets more praise. Kinda like Damon more, CJ before. Kind of like before that, they made it work. Even, even, but if even closer, more point guard CJ is more even wing. closer. Yeah. You have two very very talented wings wing who are guys, very athletic, yeah. very play above the rim. Um, you know, obviously Tatum plays a little bit less above the rim because he's so skilled um, offensively, but just two guys who can really, really play offensively and can play defensively, but they just don't look like a team. The way they yeah. play, it, it doesn't seem to mesh. Kemba is in and out. That's tough for a coach to deal with. 
Um, but this isn't Brad Stevens' first year. No. Looking bad. No, and, and it's not Danny Ainge's first year either, and, and this is just bad. And it's time at some point you look and you say, okay, maybe it's coaching at this point. Personnel, I think they look like that team. You've look, been around. You've been the same roster for long enough that they, there should have been they look some chemistry. Worse. They, like that person, the personnel looks worse than it did last year. I'm mm-hmm. like, who are all these guys they picked up that don't really ring you, a I bell? Shows you the value of a Marcus Smart. Exactly. I mean, Marcus Smart plays big minutes for them. He's a big part of their team, and, and Kemba Walker is playing very average basketball, mm-hmm. um, very inconsistent up and down basketball. So I don't know. There's a lot of things for them. As a to Raptors fan. Out. I love yeah, it. Happy though, I love it. But they're still beating us. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. Oh, and two this season it. against Boston. But yeah. uh, with that being said, that brings us to an end, a conclusion of episode nueve. Nine. So let's uh, let's call it. Let's uh, go enjoy the snowstorm and some late night basketball. Uh, yeah. John Wall returns to DC tonight uh, to face the, the, the returns Wizards. suck this year, man. The returns suck because there's no fans. No fans. Yeah. So uh, shout out and uh, and we'll see you guys on the next episode, I guess.